This is your wrestling podcast fix. Follow us on Facebook at the Nzgiri Pro Wrestling Discussions, on Twitter at the Nzgiri, and catch new weekly episodes of the Nzgiri on SoundCloud.com. Yo, what's going on? Hey, I'm doing great. This is Fran. I'm DB Richards. For another episode of the Inzaguri. And tonight we have our special guest. Keikoa. Hello, sir. Aloha. What's going on, man? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you guys for having me. I very much appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. So, so, so Keener, like, before we actually start recording, like, how, how you said that you don't go by the Flying Hawaiian right now, but what do you go by? Do you go by any other name or just your your name? So I am the Hawaiian warrior, Kikoa. I got rid of the flying Hawaiian about, uh, I want to say, at least five years ago. Five years ago? What is Keener doing? Yeah. He, he needs to be more on top of his stuff, but that's okay. But he told us a story about um, him and Gangra on the back of seat. And well, we'll tell him about that later. Yeah, but. It's, a, it's a rib we did with Keener, so we'll, we'll bring it into this story. <laughs> okay um so for us to get to know who you are um who trained you in pro wrestling uh so i trained at a school that no longer exists um but at the time it was called lehigh valley pro wrestling training academy uh it was opened up uh there's a gentleman uh by the name of bud carson that owned a pro wrestling memorabilia shop in allentown and uh in the back of his building he had uh, a ring um, where the school was, and then he had hired uh, Mike Mongoose, uh, Bill Daly, and uh, and a gentleman by the name of George. But at the time, he was his name was uh, Buzz Bentley. Um, so those three guys uh, were my trainers, um, and I trained back in 2006. So it's been uh, coming up on 13 years now. Okay. Uh, did you take anything from your original trainers for your work rate entertainment academy? I mean, basically everything. Um, you know, there the the bulk of what I learned from Bill Daly and, and Mongoose and Buzz, the bulk of what I learned from them, like really carried over to um, you know really understanding that like I I had great training, even though it was a brand new school and um, you know I wasn't even familiar I wasn't familiar with Buzz or Bill. I was familiar with mongoose, um, but uh, everything that they taught me, um, you know, definitely carried over. And you, you know, I, I can't say enough of good things about them. Now, obviously, like you know, I learned and I evolved. Um, obviously, with the way that the industry was going, and um, you know, I, I learned from a lot of different, a lot of different people that I kind of like molded everything together. Um, but. I mean, even right now, so with Work Rate Entertainment Wrestling Academy, Bill, Bill, my original trainer, is one of my trainers now. Um, so him and I help train, um, you know, these kids all together. Um, so it, it is kind of funny that it's like full circle that, um, you know, he was my trainer and now I'm helping him train more people. Um, so it, 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 but it's a blast, absolutely a blast. 
That's awesome. So I, I had a question. Um, we, I mean, we've for for the many people that we've talked to, they've always mentioned like that throughout the years, just like different things that kind of evolved from when they first started. Um, as far as the training goes, what do you find now that's different compared to when you first started? Um, so one thing that I would definitely say is um, when when I first started training, uh, there was a lot of emphasis on um, you know how you look. And I mean, obviously, that's just, that's still a big thing, and I, I just need to get into a little bit of more detail of it. So uh, a lot of guys were just like, you know, you got to put on size, you got to you got to look big, and you know, you got to look like you know you can really mess somebody up. You look like a fighter, et cetera, blah blah blah. Now, you, I mean, there's, there's room for everybody on the card. I mean, there's, and and when I say that, I'm not saying that people don't need to be in shape. Again, I, I apologize. It just goes into a little more detail. Um, but what I'm what I'm trying to say is now it's a lot more about functional training. Um, you know, now a lot of these professional wrestlers look like athletes and not like these big hulked up guys like Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. Like there's not a lot of them around as much anymore. You got guys that are in phenomenal shape. Don't get me wrong, but they but they don't look like you know what Hulk Hogan used to look like. Yeah. You know, Cesaro is a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal strength, like a great all around athlete. You got Seth Rollins who was just on the cover of Muscle and Fitness. You have these guys that look like athletes, and I think, and and that's a big thing. That's a big difference between the training that it was back then compared to now. It's evolved, and uh, and I think it's evolved for the better. Right. So so now there's more, like you said, more athletes as opposed to like bodybuilders. Yeah. Exactly. Because and and all, of course, like to even to add to that, I mean. If you got uh, you know twenty guys on your roster and they all look the same, if they all look like Hulk Hogan, then it's like, you know, well, what makes this guy stand out more than the other guy? And then you have to dive into characters and everything of that sort. And I think that that's what, um, you know, not only WWE but you know AEW, like they have a very wide range of different personalities, characters, body types, everything. You know, there's there's just a a huge a huge difference between everybody, and that's what makes each individual person, um, you know, like their own individual draw, um, why people want to, you know, watch them. I mean, look at Kevin Owens. Like Kevin Owens doesn't have the body of an ath- of a normal athlete, but he is a, he's a, he's a great athlete. Yeah. Um, you know, he it, it, they said the same thing about Mick Foley. Um, so I, I think it's just a lot more accepted now, and I think it's a lot I think it's a lot more, um, you know, uh, of what the business is now. I agree with you there. So, um, I, I, I like to go back a little bit, you know what I mean? Um, when you started in the business, um, how did your family and friends, um, how did they um, get, like, were they against you becoming a pro wrestler or were oh, they yeah, absolutely. For... <laughs> absolutely. I think, I think everybody is. Um, yeah, no, I, um, uh, I, when I told, I mean, I, I always wanted to be a pro wrestler, like, ever since I was a little kid, and when I told my mom that, I think she just kind of assumed, like, you know, um, sooner or later, like, he'll grow out of it, which I, you know, I did at one point, I didn't grow out of wrestling, I just grew out of the idea of, like, all right, well, maybe I want to do this, or maybe I want to do that, yeah. but then I came back around, it, it just, it didn't leave, um, but, uh, yeah, my mom was not a fan of it whatsoever, um, she told me that I was, 
uh, and I quote, wasting my life if I was going to do that, um, which she's very supportive now. She obviously has seen, you know, that I, uh, I've been doing pretty well. Um, so it, it's kind of like a, she, she was more happy that I, that I proved her wrong. Um, but yeah. when I first started, oh yeah, she was not, she was not supportive whatsoever. Um, my dad, uh, not really supportive of it. He asks about it, but he does, he's not really, you know, like in, involved uh, with it. Yeah. I mean, not a, I mean, I, and I don't have, and I don't have a lot of family. I have some nieces and nephews that love coming to my shows, but now they're, you know, they're getting grown up now and, uh, you know, they got jobs and they got, uh, you know, they're in high school, so they got their own things to do. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know, my of course, like, they loved it. But, uh, but yeah, friend, uh, my friends my friends always knew I was going to do it. But as far as, like, family, I don't really have a lot. And the, yeah. and the family that, that I did have, yeah, they, they were like, eh, I'm not sure. Yeah, like, like I, at one point, like, I stopped having a job and I started Ubering left. And my dad told me, like, out from nowhere, he's like, you're not going to go anywhere. You're, you're, it's not a job. You need a job that has benefits and stuff like that, and and that's same thing as um, wrestling because it's kind of hard to have um, assurance and all that and trying to keep everything together. You know what I mean? Exactly. If um, so, what? So if pro wrestling wasn't going to be something that you were looking at, like what would what would your other career choice would have been? I don't know. You're not even sure. You're just like uh, just whatever would have came up. Wrestling was just a big, just the yeah, main thing on your I, mind. I, I'm very much. I have no idea what my life would be if if I wasn't wrestling. Like I, I've often said that if I didn't have wrestling, I would probably be like 500 pounds and just playing video games every day. Um, <laughs> like, and, that, and that's the god honest truth. Like, I love food so much like I love to eat and I love to eat just terrible nasty food um but you know I then I have to take my shirt off on the weekends and it's like well I don't want to keep eating this food and just look like garbage on the weekend so I guess like I I I found I found my my thing that it gives me so much motivation for for everything else that the rest of my life just kind of fell into place because of it so now, like, you know, I'm not, I, I wouldn't say I'm in phenomenal shape. You know, I, I feel like I'm in decent shape. Um, so, the, you know, that keeps me in check. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it keeps me busy on the weekends. Like, I'm not just, like, you know, blowing my money. Like, you know, I, I feel what a lot of people, they just, like, buy, like, they just keep, like, buying everything. Like, they get their paycheck, they pay the bills, and then they just, like, go and splurge all this money and, you know, it, it, I'm I'm too busy to splurge money, <laughs> and then and even but even when I first started my career, it was like the the little money that I did have, it was so focused on like, well, I need gas money so that I could go do these shows so I can, you know, further my career, or I need gear, or I need this, I need that. It was all for, you know, my career, and it's not just like, you know, you know, not I don't want to use the word pointless spending, but like you know, stuff for that you don't really need, but I needed that stuff for my, to, to, in order to try to succeed in, in wrestling. So, yeah, yeah I, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea what I would be doing if, if I wasn't wrestling. So one of the things you were talking about was how, um, how you, how much you love eating. So when you do have your cheat days, like what's the one thing that you go to get? Um, there's usually not one thing. Um, it's usually a Many plethora. Many things. <laughs> 
Uh, but pizza is always the go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, pizza is just like just so god awful for you. Um, <laughs> but uh, pizza is definitely go-to. Um, my wife and I are big fans of uh, some baby back ribs, so we make like a giant like McRib sandwich. Like we take a whole rack of ribs and we make you know a lot of like a, just a bunch of huge rib sandwiches out of it. Um, so that's another big one. Um, we're big on Chinese. We're big on KFC. We're big on McDonald's. We're, we're like, fuck. We have no, we have no filter when it comes to <laughs> when we want to put garbage in our body. Yeah, like we just. Did we you just ever get a chance to uh, try out the uh, Popeyes chicken sandwich? I did not try the Popeyes chicken sandwich. I've actually never been to Popeyes, um, and the only times that I've ever been to Chick Fil A is when like that's literally the only food option. Like so if I'm at like mall. And it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm hungry, like, right now. I guess I'll get a chicken sandwich from here. Like, that's, that's the only time I've ever been to Chick-fil-A. I've never willingly gone there. It's like, I guess this will have to do. I, I can't do Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I'm allergic to peanuts, so that's my downfall yeah, right there. I'm a, I'm a rider. I'm a rider die KFC. Like, that's always been <laughs> that's always been my go-to since I was a kid, so. Yeah, no, yeah same here. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, um, okay, so you brought up, um, oh my gosh, where am I? <laughs> Man, I totally, totally brain fart. So, um, okay, let's move on to my next question. Okay, uh, sorry about that. Like, I had a question, and then he asked, oh. It might gotta... come back up sometime. Yeah. So. so, okay, um, when, so, um, when a, a new student, like, wants to get into the business, um, what is the, the amount of money, like, how much would it cost to get into a school? Uh, it depends on the school. Like you can't. I like I can't answer that for. I can't answer that for. You know, all yeah. these other schools. Like because you know, a, a credible school is is obviously going to cost more than a school that doesn't have much credibility. Like yeah. since my, my since my school is um, you know up and coming, like the you know our our prices are a lot lower than most schools um, because we don't have a resume. We don't have anything to back us up on other than what we've been doing in our careers. Um, but if you go to like, you know, the Wild Samoans or, you know, the Dudley School or, you know, uh, Black and Blue, like, uh, you know, they have uh, much better resumes than we do. So their schools are going to cost more. And it's completely understandable because they're getting it from a reliable source. Same thing as like Lance Storm School. I'm sure it, I'm sure it costs a good amount of money, but it's a great investment. So I think it, it really did. depends on what school you're looking at. Yeah. I think Lance just closed it. Yeah, he said they closed on Twitter. <clears throat> oh, that's unfortunate. I wonder why he did that. I think he's going to WWE or um, AEW to train. I'm not sure. Maybe do some. Yeah, maybe. Um, so this this actually came to came to mind when um because I forgot exactly what year it was, but it was when Jim Kettner was still running WrestleTech way back when, and one and like I had a tr- I had a tryout there myself, and one of the things he was asking me, he said uh. Like, do you have any backyard experience? Like, I mean, do would trainers really look down on that, or do they just want to know if you have any experience at all? I mean, I wouldn't credit backyard experience as any type of experience. Um, it's a completely different, it's a completely different world. Um, I don't, I don't look down upon if somebody did backyard wrestling because it's like, what's the difference between like ten year old play wrestling in their living room or if you're 16 years old 
and you're play wrestling in your backyard. Like it's literally the same thing. You're still kids, right? And you guys are just, or you guys are playing around. Even if like, you know, I'll even put it on the same level as like, okay, well, you know, well, if you're playing, you know, slow pitch softball or you're playing backyard football, like what's the difference between that? And going into the pros, like it's two completely different things. When you go into the NFL, you're gonna get, you're gonna be taught on a whole different level. The same thing as professional wrestling. It's, that's why there's professionals, and that's why that there's, you know, we'll say amateurs or non-professionals, whatever yeah. the case may be. So I never looked down on anybody that was like, hey, you know, I love this so much that I want to do this on my own and my with my friends in my backyard. Like, why would somebody look down upon it? Um, you know, they're, they're fans. That's what we all get into. I mean, look at Shawn Michaels and, uh, or, yeah, Shawn Michaels and, and his best friend. You know, like, they were doing play wrestling at a, at a, as a talent for their high school talent show. They don't know what they're doing, but they did that. So it's like, what's the difference between him doing it on a talent show or backyard wrestling? Like, it's all, it's all like, you know, kind of uh, flattering because you're trying to mimic what you look up to. Um, so no, I, I don't think any one should look down upon it, but I don't. I also know that no one should be asking like if you have any backyard experience because that's yeah. That's I just irrelevant. yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't. I mean, I, I guess. I guess every uh, every trainer would be different. I, I just was wondering if there was like anything that typically most of them would ask people. Uh, something that the most trainers would ask is like what what's your background like what what like what are you experienced in like did you play basketball did you play football were you an amateur wrestler do you have military experience do you have mma experience like that's the kind of stuff that you need to know because then you also need to know you know what what are their uh like how does their mind work like what what type of person are they going to be like what are they used to doing how are their body mechanics going to be like what type of diet training are like you know, their background is going to tell you everything about how their body and their minds are wired because that's what they're used to. And then they get into professional wrestling and it might be a complete 360. It might be along the same lines. It really all depends. But that's something that I think every trainer should be asking is what's your background. Right. <clears throat> you were talking about, um, you would, um, before, if you got in, didn't get into wrestling, you'll be eating all the junk food and playing video games. What system have you um, you like, and what games would you be playing? Uh, I'm only a PS4 guy. I've been a PS4 guy. I've been a PlayStation guy since PlayStation One. Uh, don't remember when I got it for Christmas. Um, I, I've never I've never hopped off of it. I've never even been interested in playing Xbox. I was always always a PlayStation guy. Um, currently, I'm still. I'm still making my way through Assassin's Creed. Um, there's just so much to do in Assassin's Creed, and um, I don't get as much uh, video game time as I would like to. Um, you know, between the wrestling school and promoting shows and my own wrestling and, and resting, you know, that's generally when uh, you know I get a, a, like an hour here or an hour there because um, yeah. I try to at least you know do some type of you know wind down time every day. Um, but I don't always play video games. But uh, but that's what I'm currently uh, that's what I'm currently working on. But my my wife got that for me uh, for Christmas, so that'll tell you how much like how long it's taken me to get through this game with the the time that I have. I, I've been so 
I'm just busy. <laughs> I totally understand. Um, it's kind of hard to play a lot of games lately. I'm like behind with a lot of games. Like one minute there's a Batman game, and then Batman Arkham's out, and then the next one came out, and you're like, there's there's so many people that we talk to where they say, yeah, I got this backlog of stuff, but I'm busy. Like yeah. you know, because we're all adults and we all got bills and stuff to do. So <laughs> yeah, adults suck. Um, I noticed I noticed there's a lot of wrestlers out there and um, fans start making them in WWE 2K. It's 19 now, right? Yeah, or whatever it is right now. Has anybody made you in the video game? Uh, if they have, um, I haven't been notified of it. Um, I know that like if in past 2K games, I I have been, but for the newest release, no one. No one said anything to me, so I'm I'm, un, I'm unfamiliar. Okay, okay. Well, I was kind of wondering about that though. If uh, just skimming through the game, and it's like, hey, somebody made me. They didn't do a good job. <laughs> yeah, I um I forget who, I forget what fan did it. I think this was like two years ago. Someone made me, and uh, like I was actually I was actually quite surprised. Like some of the little details that like they noticed on like my gear or like my tattoos, I was like, oh wow, like they actually actually see that. And yeah. I was like, I was, I was quite impressed. Yeah, like I noticed, like a um, bunch of wrestlers posting up their picture, um, video character in the game, and like, I'm bring one guy up, violence. Like, look at the detail of everything from that character. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it looks like his character. So people yeah, do a good crazy. job putting it together. So, um, for your character wise, have you taken? Um, anything from like movies, books, or TV shows to make who you are? Have you gotten any inspiration like outside of wrestling for your character? Um, so when I, um, so like I said, I was the flying lines for quite some time, and it was just because I just didn't know what else to do, like as like character wise. Mm -hmm. um, every time, um, you know, I, I did something for WWE or Ring of Honor, it was like. They, they wanted more like I, I was I was Hawaiian which was cool but they're like you just they we wanted more of your ethnicity so I needed to figure something out and um, when I tore my ACL um, you know five six years ago um, I realized I was like okay now I have time to actually sit down and try to create like this new character and um, you know debut as some someone completely different and um, you know try to do the best that I can from that and I actually had this idea because um, the original king of Hawaii his name was King Kamehameha he's a you know he's a god in, in Hawaii excuse me um, you know he's got schools named after him streets colleges he's got his own statue like you know he is you know like I said he's this image uh, of Hawaii yeah. and um, as I was doing research on him and I was reading stories about him there was one story in particular where he took his children and he threw them in a volcano and sacrificed them to the gods in order to help him win a war in order to unite the Hawaiian Islands and I was like he killed his kids to win a war I'm like that's that's some heel shit so I'm like that's a bad guy and I'm like I'm like why why is he a good guy and then I just was like okay well maybe I can just be like the bloodline of King Kamehameha, so I think that I'm supposed to be this, like, Hawaiian royal character, and then I just use some of these stories, and then I just tweak them, you know, to, um, 
you know, to obviously be this evil king. Because I always like, I always like movies like that too, where it's like this evil king or this evil like ruler, and they're just very calm. They're very collective and just like so scary. Like they're just like no one wants to talk to him, even though he's so calm. And then like ninety percent of the movie, he's so calm, but then like something keeps happening, and he, and he sooner or later like finally blows up and when he blows up and he gets angry it's like oh shit like you know now it's about to go down like it's almost like oh man you pissed dad off like that type of thing <laughs> um so i created the the uh, the warrior king king kekoa as my heel character um but and again king kamehameha was like my um my influence from that and then um i started just like learning more stories about him and then applying it to promos and stuff like that um, but unfortunately, um, there's too many heels in wrestling, and everybody was so used to me being a babyface that when I came back as a heel, they were like, yeah, we kind of like you as a babyface. And I'm like, well, this is what I'm doing now. And they're like, yeah, we really need you as a babyface. So then I like would go back to the Flying Alliance. And then, and again, it was tough for me to keep playing a, a heel because everyone wanted me to be a babyface. And... And I honestly think, and you know, this isn't me trying to toot my own horn. I don't think that there's a lot of strong babyface, um, you know, guys out there. There's very few. They're like, there's people that 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 try to be, but they're not strong babyfaces. Because again, like, I think it's I think it's very hard for somebody to get liked in the wrestling business. I mean, just in general, it's very easy for someone to like not like you, but it's it's way more harder for somebody to to try to get to like you. But either way, so. Um, you know, I, I did that. That's where I got the influence from uh, to be the Warrior King. And then, since I was the flying, everyone was, still wanted me to be Babyface, and I was the Flying Lion. And I got all this gear for my King character. I'm like, well, now I just spent all this money for all this gear, and it's just sitting there. I'm like, all right, well, maybe I need to do something with this because I don't want to just waste all this money. So then I was, and then and Kekoa actually means courageous warrior. So I'm like, I I am a warrior. I was like, well, maybe I'll just call myself the Hawaiian Warrior Kekoa, and I'll. Just, I'll keep wearing my helmet and you know go from there so then I evolved out of that and then it was a transition of trying to tell people like yeah I'm not the flying line anymore this is my thing now I'm switching it up because after eight years like people were people were just used to that um but I, as far as like tvs and movies and stuff like that I've never really gotten um influences like as far as character wise but I have gotten influences for like promos or um, interviews and stuff like that or like certain way to film things but um, never for my character I, I figured that on my own with with actual Hawaiian history cool um, so one of the things that you were talking about was the, the whole um, differences between like baby faces and heels and how I mean a, a lot of people would say like you know oh it's uh much easier to be a heel but how do you feel that um social media plays into baby faces and heels now like there was an example that i mentioned a few episodes where so in nxt you had tomaso champa who had an excellent heel character i mean even like the way that he played on social media like he just i mean most most people will agree with that but then they had when he had his neck injury and then they did all those videos for him, showing him going through recovery and him with his family and everything. And it was like, yes, we understand that that 
that this is wrestling and it's fake and but when you invest so much time into somebody's heel character and then they kind of pull a 180 like that like which one do you think it's like uh which one as far as like how people how people communicate online um well i mean yeah you know, social media or what you post is um, is obviously going to play a huge part into whatever type of character that you're trying to portray. Um, and I and I wouldn't be so quick to judge as far as what they what they're covering with Tommaso Ciampa because he was doing a, a great heel, um, you know, role. And um, you know, now that he had another surgery, and then they kind of showed like the human side of him. It might just be a complete 360. Like, he might come back as a babyface because of all those video packages and then just do a complete, like, yeah, screw you. I still don't care about you. And then they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. We don't like him. And then he just goes back to being healed. Yep. Like, I, I, unless you're with a company or unless you're directly involved, like, I'm always like, just, just watch. Just like, just sit back and watch. And even if, you, and if, if you're confused by something, you would have to ask the people directly in order to know, like, you know, why Why did you go that route? Like, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And unless, again, you're asking the people that are directly involved, you're never going to know the correct answer. And I think too many people on top of it, they hear, like, they watch these things and they're like, why aren't they doing this? Or why did they do it that way? And then they get so frustrated and it's just like, you have no control over it and you don't know what's going on there. So just like, just let it go. Like, don't get, don't get too angry about it. Like, there's got to be a reason. Uh, but overall... Uh, like, but yes, like it's how they carry themselves on social media is a very huge thing because if someone's trying to be a heel and then they go and they post about how like they gave food to homeless people or they went and they donated their time to a soup kitchen or like they helped, you know, they saved a baby from a burning car. Like, it's like, oh yeah, we we can't hate him because he's this good person. Um, So that's why, like, if I feel like if you're, if you're a heel, like don't don't post anything unless it's going to just like promote yourself like you're just putting yourself over you're putting a picture of yourself up or something like that you're you know what i mean like whatever your character your character would do but like don't put don't post like first stuff it, that, but that's just my opinion though again like it, it depends on how you want to how you want to be portrayed um you know for me um you know and the hawaiian warrior character i very much base myself on like you know i'm the type of character that um, you know, I, I just want everyone to, to, to get along, you know, I, I think that there's so much hate in the world, and there's so much, like, so much bad negativity from the world in general, and uh, if, if a little bit of happiness or a little bit of motivation is, is all that some people might need in order to get through their day, because again, at the end of the day, like, we're all warriors, we all have our own battles and, and things that we're fighting through, so, like, that's the type of positivity that I want to promote. So that's all I generally post, and I'll I'll see great videos, and, and I'll share that too. And so it just always goes along with like the direct message or the direct person that you're trying to be. Uh, so social media has a, a an absolute huge a huge uh, part in in all of that. I think that's I, I think that's um kind of part of the intrigue with like as far as uh wrestling goes as just just an art in general because like when you have when you have stuff going on in like television like just like tv shows and people are doing stuff off the show i mean you you know that it's like okay these are just the actors that just play these roles but with wrestling then another example would be 
when Chris Jericho had his title like stolen and the videos that he was posting, he still had those he still had the videos or he, he was posting them in character basically. So he was taking a real life situation and just working with it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, like Jim yeah. Cornette Jim Cornette was um uh, recently um talking on Twitter like saying bad things about Joey Ryan, hardcore wrestling, um um the the gay um the um the L what is it? L A L G L G B Yeah. Yeah, the Like he went after everybody. Do you think he's starting like the Twitter and trying to like start with a war with wrestlers that are getting over in their field, you know what I mean? Like hardcore wrestling, they're getting over. They got their their own fan base. Um, Joey Ryan has his big giant fan base, you know what I mean, for the stuff he does. Um, and do you think he's just out of um, out of touch? Out of touch. I mean, he he's got his he's got his own points of views that he's very very strong on. So that that's not going to change. <clears throat> Um, I don't think that he's out of touch um, because at the end of the day, a lot of old school stuff is is always is it's what's going to work. Yeah. Um, I think the business has evolved, um, but um, at the end of the day, like it, it, you know, for those that that don't know, um, we have a term in the wrestling business just called it, it's your flavor of ice cream. Um, you know there's chocolate ice cream, there's vanilla ice cream, and just because if you like vanilla doesn't make chocolate wrong, you just don't like chocolate. So I think um, in, in this kind of instance with um, Jim Cornette, there's just a lot of flavors of ice cream, and he's used to vanilla. So I don't think it necessarily makes it out of touch. He's just very strongly believes in vanilla, and, um, you know, people want chocolate and raspberry and all, you know, whatever else, whatever, whatever other flavor. But I don't. Again, I don't think it makes him out of touch because what he knows and the, you know, what he's done in the wrestling business is phenomenal. Okay. Um, so he knows he knows what he's doing. He knows vanilla very well. Um, he just doesn't like these other flavors, and that's fine. Um, you know, it, he just has to he just has to watch. Uh, you know, be careful. I mean, he probably doesn't give a shit, obviously. But yeah. um, as far as the. Uh, you know, you just have to watch how you word things nowadays. Unfortunately, because you you say one one thing and it could be taken the wrong way and, and, and it's blown up and it's like, all right, well that was that was quick. <laughs> um, but no, I don't think he's out of touch. I think he's just very passionate about the the style that he likes, and um, you know that's really it. I mean, it's it's really the same as I would I would compare it to like. We all love wrestling. We think that wrestling is one of the greatest forms of uh, art, entertainment, whatever you want to call it, one of the greatest things on this on this earth. And you have somebody else that's going to look at it and just be like, how can you watch this garbage? Like, it's stupid. It's people in their underwear, like, you know, fake wrestling each other. And it's just like, yeah, you're right. This is stupid, but I love it. <laughs> like, I, you know, so everyone's just going to have their opinion. So it doesn't make anybody out of touch or anything like that. It's just... What you like? I literally loved how you said that whole thing. Gosh, I never had somebody on here say that yet. You know what I mean? Well it's, well, it's because everybody's always run into that one friend of theirs or somebody that says like, "Why do you like that fake stuff?" And it's like, you know, well, you like your TV shows, and it's entertaining. That's why I like it. So, <clears throat> so um, yeah, it's, 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 you 
you can go you can go on and on. I like I'm a, I love Ghostbusters with my entire soul. I've been a Ghostbusters fan since I was a little kid, and if I if I show my future kids Ghostbusters and they don't like it, I, it's gonna hurt a little. I'm not gonna lie, but I'm gonna have to let it go. It's just like, hey, they don't like Ghostbusters. All right. Oh gosh, I I, I totally understand. I think I tried to get my nephews to watch Ghostbusters. First scene of the movie, they ran away because they got scared of the ghost. But yeah, a, a funny weird. story. A funny story with Dave when we were both working at the same place or employer was uh, everybody was always on a kick of like telling Dave, oh, wrestling's garbage and. Walking Dead was a big thing. He was like, yeah, Walking Dead is fake. And it was just, yeah, it was a nice big argument. It's like, who cuts the grass? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, do you have any pet peeves in the business, like, from um, starting off a match to... Just the way that, like, a wrestler, like, carries themselves in the locker room, anything? Um, professionalism is, is something that, that really uh, is, is a big pet peeve of mine. Um, you know, obviously when you don't have it, um, there's, there's a, a, a gazillion things that I'm just like, I, I, I get baffled by, um, you know, for, for prime instance, um, you know, uh, there's been times where like, okay, so like I have my own, I have my own DJ equipment. So people will, you know, not only book me to wrestle, but they'll, they'll also book my DJ equipment. So then when I'm telling wrestlers like, Hey guys, send me your music, um, you know, just, just send the files over to me. Here's my email address. And then they send me links to like YouTube and they're like, here's my song. And I'm like, that's not, that's not the file. That's the YouTube link. And they're like, well, can't you just download it? I'm like, why don't you have it? Like, why don't you have your own, why don't you have your own song? Like, how are you not prepared for this? How, how do you, like how many bookings have you ever done where people have asked for your music? So why do you not have it like on you at all times? Like, I have a I have a USB drive on my keychain so that if I ever go to a show and they're like, oh hey by the way we got a new DJ we forgot to ask everyone for your music do you have it with you I'm like yeah I have it on my keys at all times like I don't I don't understand how people are are prepared for this type of stuff or I'm like hey guys send me promo photos and then like a week later or three days later I get them I'm like why aren't they in your phone why aren't they in your photo gallery just quick boom 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 send like why is this so hard for people. Like, just the amount of professionalism that is lost between, you know, one wrestler to the next, it, it baffles my mind. And I just, I, I'm so like, how do you get, how do you get booked? How do you get booked when, when you're this unprofessional? It, 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 it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Professionalism is definitely like a big one of mine. I'm, I'm literally watching guys, you know, I, I get there, um, you know, I get there early, I get stressed out. I like to get in the ring a little bit before anything just to, you know, loosen up because the, the drives are always long, and then I and then I watch guys walk in like as the show's on, like where the hell were you? And then like they're they're getting dressed and like you're on deck, dude. Like what? Where, where the hell were you? Like be a little more professional. Like I I, I can't stand it. I, I I honestly can't. I'm 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 like that. Like I can't like somebody plan something. I have to be there early. You know what I mean? I have to be there set up or I have to get stuff and bring it over. Like, we always have, like, wrestling parties. I always have to go get the drinks and have it all ready and be there and be there before everybody else gets there. Well, it's just little details like that that kind of show you how the person is in general, like how they carry themselves, their work ethic. Yeah, yeah so to give, you, uh, to give you another prime example, I just... Um... 
you know, I just posted something in my roster page for work rate entertainment because um, I made all, I had all the, the, the match graphics made and, you know, I shared them to our roster and was like, here you go, guys, like, you know, go share away. And then our Facebook page, our Instagram page shares away. And then I see like five shares and I'm like, we have 20, we have 20 some wrestlers on this show and we have five shares today. And, and then on top of it, oh, and I'm looking at who's sharing the posters and stuff like that. I'm seeing like one or two shares from people that aren't on our roster or on the show. And then I go into my roster page and then I call them all out and I'm like, can somebody tell me and explain why I'm seeing more shares from people that have nothing to do with our company than the people that are actually on the fucking show? Like, how does that make sense? Like, all it, all you have to do is click the share button. It's one. It takes one second. Like, there's no way that you're that big. And then, and then I always give people the benefit of the doubt too. Like, I'll go to their Facebook page and take a look and be like, oh, like, look, you shared a, you shared a video of a kitten falling over off the, off the roof, but you you couldn't share the poster. Like, huh? Well, wonder why. <laughs> That's something that we actually notice with a with a lot of people that are on our page is that we we, we try to tell we try to tell wrestlers or anybody that's working in any companies like if there's any upcoming dates that you want to share feel free to and there's some that are like right on top of that they'll share every single date that they have to share so <clears throat> and there's some people that just don't, don't do anything so yep that's like, why I that's why I very much preach um, you know that there's independent wrestlers and there's professional wrestlers. Yeah. And I think that there's uh, there's a, a huge difference between the two terms. And um, not, and, and I don't mean to, to take this from some of my, my England friends, but, uh, you know, that that's why uh, there was a group that said, screw Andy, I'm, I'm a pro, I'm a professional. And I'm like, I very much believed in it. And I very much believe in it now still, that there's a huge difference between an independent wrestler and a professional wrestler even though they are, quote-unquote, the same. So have you ever worked with Mark Haskins? Uh, so me and Mark have toured together. Yeah, um, no, because Mark. like I because I recognize that, um, because I, I recognize the Screw Indie thing, because like, I'm on his page, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, when I toured with um, the Butlins and All-Star Wrestling, uh, Mark Haskins was uh, somebody that I was on the road with um, for a couple weeks. Uh, Mark is phenomenal um he's just a he's just a great guy um miss him to death we i tried uh, uh him and i tried getting in touch with each other um you know when he was over here um he was down in philly and uh you know we were trying to work our schedules but it, it just unfortunately didn't work out so i'm trying to wait on the next opportunity so we could finally you know get together and catch up um somebody that i did uh get to catch up with that was over here i believe it was like two years ago was nathan cruz um who's another phenomenal talent over in england um and just another stand-up guy that really just cares so much about the business there's so much phenomenal talent over there that that i i wish could come over here and they would just they would just tear it up they would absolutely tear up the scene my mom's English, so she's from England. But like, I'm trying to like to figure out who to watch and who who's good out there in um in the UK. And it's slowly I'm getting to know a lot of wrestlers out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I have family over there, and like one day I know if I go over and visit, I want to see some wrestling. You know what I mean? 
But exactly. So, at Here's, least. <clears throat> oh no, bad. At least um, we just found out there's a family member that we didn't know it was um, in her family. Um, she, my grandfather, um, put her up for adoption. Now, her they're into wrestling, and I'm like, ah, oh, cool. I got family that's like wrestling. Cool. Let, let's let's talk to them. And <laughs> try yeah. to promote our podcast on. In, on their pages and stuff like that. But, I don't know. Um, speaking of um, <laughs> speaking of UK wrestling, like, that actually, um, this is, a, like, an opinion-based question. The uh, So, did you catch um, Walter versus Tyler Bate at the last TakeOver show? Um, I did not. Um, I, I, I don't get to watch a lot of wrestling. Um, you know, it's, it, it might be like the pay-per-view on like a Sunday night because, um, you know, we do the school Sunday, Monday, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday. Um, and then we do, uh, you know, our bookings on Fridays and Saturdays. And then so Tuesday, Tuesday and Thursday is like the only day that we actually like get to rest. And since we're like, I'm not saying that I get overrun with wrestling, but it's, it, it's not like I need a break from wrestling, but it's just like, it's nice that when, you know, cause I, I do wrestling all the time. So like on Tuesday and Thursday, like I, I try to just have other outlets, um, you know, whether, you know, I play video games or I want, I catch up on a TV show or something like that. It's just like, it gives my mind that, uh, I don't even want to call it a break, but it's just like, I, I just want to do something else, you know, cause I do wrestling all the time. Um, so I don't get to catch up on, on wrestling all the time. Like I said, unless it's like a Sunday night and my wife and I are, you know, finally getting a chance to relax, so we'll put on the, the pay-per-view, you know, whatever's on. Right. So, no, I, I did not get to catch it. Well, like, that that was a that was a big topic because of the, um, it was that match and then the, uh, the all-out match, it was Young Bucks against the, the, the Lucha Brothers, and people were, like, talking about, like, they said, oh, Oh, Dave Meltzer, like he he rated them the same, and regardless of what people's opinion is about him, but like they were different style matches that were rated highly. So, what would separate like like a car wreck style um, ladder match compared to just a traditional one on one match? What would separate them? I mean, well, people well people are trying to compare them, and it's like, well, they're different style matches. Like, is it really that? Is it really fair even comparing them at all? Um, I think it, it, it I, I, I guess it would depend on how, like, how you look at it, I guess, because for me, like, let's just say, um, so, uh, you know, everyone always talks about Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at, uh, at WrestleMania as one of the most phenomenal matches of, of all time, which is absolutely true. And then another match that, that stands out to me that I like to reference a lot is when um, Triple H faced Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell and then Shawn Michaels was the special guest referee. Now that's a, that's a, a gimmick match. It's a, it's a Hell in a Cell match, so it's not your traditional type match. But what made that match so phenomenal to me was the performance from Shawn Michaels as the special guest referee and the story that they were telling. So... I guess, like, if you're going to compare it as far as, like, story and not necessarily, like, entertaining factor, 
I don't know. It's tough. There's 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 so many different ways that you can look at it. So I'm, I'm I don't think it's unfair to to compare them, or I don't think it's fair to compare them. I, it, it's just however you want to look at it. If you if you like that match just as much as you like the other match, like it, you know that's that's up to you. Um, another thing that I like I I reference a lot um, is um, the, my buddy Joey. Um, he has a, a stepdaughter. And they were watching um, the All Elite pay per view, and um, she's seven years old, by the way. Yeah. So they're watching Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes, and as they're watching this, you know, and Dustin's bleeding, you know, like a gut pig, and blah blah blah. She obviously doesn't know wrestling the way that we do. Mm-hmm. She's seven, but at one point she goes, "I really like." I really like that guy. And she was talking about Dustin. And he was like, well, why do you like Dustin so much? And she goes, because he doesn't give up. No matter what, he just keeps fighting. And it was just like, that translated to a seven-year-old. Yeah. Like, that match translated to a seven-year-old. So, like, if a seven-year-old would watch a, a ladder match the same way as if they would watch a regular match, and they were, and you know what I mean? Like, let's, let's say the Dustin Rhodes versus Cody Rhodes match was a ladder match. If that was the same message that she took from that match, like that's the, that's her interpretation of it. That's what you, you get. What I mean, like, yeah. So it, it really depends on how how someone reads it. I guess it would also be the same way as like when you read a poem and they're like, "What do you think the author meant with this?" And then you have like four different opinions. It's just like it, it's just however you want to look at it. I guess however it translated to you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's mainly like how like who whoever. It's it's this it's the story going into and during the match. It's why guys like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels were always like highly regarded is because they knew how to tell a story in the ring. Exactly. So um, let's go back a little bit. Um, when you were a kid, um, who did you look up to, um, wrestling wise, WCW, WWE? Or... Uh, when I I was only WWE, uh, WWF, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. I. For whatever reason, when I finally heard that there is a WCW, I was like, "No, nah, I'm good." Like <laughs> WWE, WWF is, is my thing. Like I don't even, I don't even want to watch that other stuff. I remember, like at one point, I turned it on and I was just like, "No, nah, this is crap." I turned it off. <laughs> Which uh, maybe, maybe I was just really smart. Maybe that's why I knew WWF would win the the Monday Night War thing. I, I don't really know. But either way, um, I was always WWF. And um, Shawn Michaels was um, one of my one of my top guys. Like it was him. There was a lot of guys that I, I loved watching. Like I was a big Tonka fan. I was Ultimate Warrior, um, Big Boss Man. Um, you know the I'm trying to think of who else. Um, strangely, I liked the Beverly Brothers. Also, I don't know what it was, but I was like I liked the Beverly Brothers. <laughs> but, Maybe uh, it's because of the genius. <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't know, but I remember like. Like any time, even though they were the bad guys, I was like, I don't know why, but I like them. But, um, but then once I found out that Shawn Michaels and I share the same birthday, then it was like, all right, he's my number one. And then that's it was Shawn Michaels was my number one <laughs> since then. I, I, I'm like the same way with Austin Aries. He, we share the same birthday. You know what I mean? And that is literally yeah. the only reason why he's your favorite wrestler. <laughs> no, I like his matches, man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, we share the same birthday and. That's the cool part, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, Brian Sosha, he always kept on saying, um, um, 
Piper is on my birthday. I'm like, no, Piper's the 14th or the 16th. I forget what it was. And we always went back and forth. <laughs> um, okay, what's your thought of intergender wrestling? Um, I think intergender wrestling can be done as long as it's done correctly. Um, I think, uh, so like I faced my wife several times now. Um, I think that there's a legitimate story that you could tell. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that it really depends on how you build like each character because like, for instance, if, uh, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of like two examples. So like if, um, if Ali, uh, Ali from WWE, right? Yeah. If he, if he faced Ronda Rousey, people would be like, huh, that's going to be interesting because, you know, Ali is a smaller guy. Ronda's very strong. Like, I believe that they're about the same height. I believe Ali is, is, is a shorter guy. Um, he might be a little bit taller than, than Ronda, but, like, when you match, like, those two types of people, I'm not saying, I'm not, uh, and before this even gets out and someone yells at me, like, oh, do you not think Ali can beat Ronda Rousey? I'm like, <laughs> I'm just saying, what I'm saying is, you can make any story believable if you do it correctly. So, like, let's just compare it. Let's compare intergender wrestling to Rey Mysterio and The Big Show, right? Like, Rey Mysterio could beat The Big Show if you tell it, if you tell it the right way. So, the same goes for intergender wrestling. A girl can absolutely beat a guy if you tell the story the right way. So, I, you know, I, I'm, not against, I'm not against intergender wrestling whatsoever. But if, like, if you, if you don't do the story correctly and then you don't get the right feedback from it, don't all of a sudden go to, like, oh, you just, you, you know, you're just upset because it's intergender wrestling. Like, no, just just do it the right way. <laughs> like, TNA, um, I mean, Impact now, it's called Impact. They did Tessa Blanchard versus um, um, Sammy Callahan. Sammy and, Callahan, And yeah, they I told did, the story right. That. They did tell the story right, and it was a good um, match. And people like that's where all the fans out there started like um, crapping on it, and then they start going after transgender wrestlers that are they're like they're guys and they're taking on women. That's not fair. And like you're saying, like if if um you tell the story right, the match will be good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... and then it goes back to the <laughs> argument of like you know that it's uh, you know, transgender wrestlers is not the same as transgenders in like the Olympics, right? Like it, like we just like genetics, genetics don't play as much of a part yeah. in professional wrestling. I don't know. I don't know why people don't understand that. And people just have their own mindsets, and and that's where the hate comes from. And and I'm totally agree with you on that um, thing. We had to work together and help each other. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's too, much, there's too much hate in the world. Yeah. When it comes to like legitimate competition or athletic competition, then you could possibly make a case of it. But again, it's wrestling. I mean, it's entertainment. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever have any rib like ribs pulled on you, or have you ribbed anybody? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, 
actually been so long since I've either pulled a rib or you know have or, or have been ribbed. I think that, I think that art is actually being lost in, in um, you know in the locker room. But yes. um, I do I do know of a, a of a good rib. Um, this is one of my one of my favorites that I like to tell. Um, I, I wasn't directly involved with it. Um, you know I, I can't take the credit for it, but it is a good story. Um, so there was uh, a, a buddy of mine, his name is uh, Sebastian Cruz. He was known as Chrono Chris at the time. Um, he was actually my tag team partner at one time. Um, but either way, so uh, Chris um, used to wrestle with uh, myself and this company called uh, Body Slam Wrestling Organization, which used to be run by Richie Rod in New Jersey. Um, so he, we used to wrestle for him all the time, and then um, PWO became a sister company called Liberty Wrestling Organization, uh, which we would also wrestle there as well. So at one point, we had been with this company now for a while. Um, you know, the boys, um, you know, we, you know, we were all, we were all cool. Um, and then he um, was moving to Florida. Um, I forget why, but he was, but he was moving. So the boys wanted to rib him as a way of saying, like, screw you for leaving us. You know, you're moving to Florida, so we got to pick on you. So we had a Friday show for Liberty Wrestling Organization, and then we were doing a show the next day for the other uh, for BWO then. Okay. So since we were going to be there for two days, um, that's when we were like, okay, you know, here's the idea. So Chris had finished his match. He was out. Uh, he was out selling T-shirts and stuff like that during intermission. So someone took his tight, and um, he used to wear the uh, the the, tr- the trunks. And um, they took like this uh, poblano pepper, and they cut the pepper open, and then they rubbed the pepper into the genital area, the crotch area of his tight, um, so that he would have some issues the next day. <laughs> um, so they put the they put his tights back in the uh, back in his bag, and then uh, we uh, we you know we left. We went to the hotel, went to the show the next day. And uh, we're all getting dressed, and then at one point, Chris puts on his gear, and he's tying his boots, and I'm tying my boots, like, right next to him, and all of a sudden, he, like, kind of sits up, and he's just, like, kind of thinking, and I'm not, I, like, I completely forgot about the rib at the time, and he, all of a sudden, he's just like, I'm gonna fucking kill somebody, and I was like, what? And he's like, I'm going to fucking kill somebody, and I was like, what's the matter? And then all of a sudden, he was like, oh, oh. Oh my god! And he starts screaming. I'm like, oh yeah, the pepper. <laughs> so he jumps up and his his nuts are on fire, and he is screaming like a little kid in this in in the locker room, and everyone is dying laughing, and he's just like, oh my god, my balls are on fire! Like this, this like he was in so much pain, and then this other wrestler named Chaos comes up, and Chaos goes to the medicine cabinet and he pulls out this cream and he and he squirts it into his own hand he goes up to Chris and he spreads the cream into his hand he goes here rub this on yourself it's aloe he goes it'll calm the stinging sensation down he's like oh thank you so Chris starts like walking towards the the end of the locker room and he starts going downstairs where this bathroom is and he is straight rubbing this cream like in every inch of his nuts in his crack like (laughs) everywhere that he could possibly rub this cream to calm this stinging down as Chris walks down the, the stairs and he's rubbing this cream, 
Chaos turns to the rest of the locker room and shows that the cream is actually Ben Gay. So <laughs> then Chris comes running back up the stairs, screaming way harder than he was before, and he's like, "Fuck you, fuck you!" And he's he like had no idea what to do at this point. And there was a, it was actually uh, one of those big uh, three tier kitchen sinks in the locker room. So he he picks up this this empty bucket. He fills it up with cold water. He takes his trunks off. He holds his dick, and then he just dips his nuts into the cold water to try to calm the the, the stinging sensation down. And then, so it like just the image of him holding his holding his dick, dipping his nuts back, and while still having his wrestling boots on was just very like it, it burned into my memory. Um, and then like. He used to go out during his entrance. He used to jump around, and he was like, he just had so much fire, and they called him, you know, a, a Spanish jumping bean because of how much energy he had. And, like, he still had to wrestle his match. So he had to put the tights back on also. Oh, so the God. burning was obviously going to come back. Oh, and he goes out during his entrance, and he's screaming, and he's, you know, jumping around, and I'm like, but this is real now. I'm like, he's doing it because his nuts are burning <laughs> and then after the match was over he came back and then he went to the three-tier sink and he filled up the middle sink with just water so he was actually like sitting in a kind of like a hot tub he had his boots still on hanging into the next sink and then he just had the rest of his like torso and the and his genitals like all sitting in the the middle sink <laughs> as he was you know cooling off and then he had a magazine as he was just like reading that as if he was in like a normal hot tub um, so that was probably uh, in my opinion the greatest rip that I've that I have seen in my in my that, days that sounds much worse than anybody shit in somebody's bags oh gosh yeah I, I feel like that's way I feel like that's way worse I mean you could probably like just wash everything in your bag you might need a new bag but like you can't you can't unsting your genitals once that once that pepper juice is on there at least my balls aren't on fire <laughs> oh, yeah gosh. exactly that that was a funny funny story. Oh my god! No, Frank and all, um, Namali, um, he had um, he came on and told us some 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 ribs, because that's what he wanted to talk about. His ribs. Oh, it wasn't like that. <laughs> no. So I think this is the best one so far. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm going down, 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 down. Okay. Um, so um. Gosh, I, I I did meet your wife at LAW um when the oh you met the wife huh yeah I met the wife um um your your truck broke down or something at the firehouse yeah unfortunately uh luckily the the ring at least got there and then the truck decided to break down yeah if I if like I I'm one of the people that like I would have gave her a ride back up you know what I mean. If I had my car, but my car was in the shop at the time in April, and I, it sucked. You know what I mean? I I, I appreciate it. We were we were able to, we were able to make it work, thankfully. That's good. That's good. But yeah, um, that was like um the show that Chubby Dudley asked me to come um to. You know what I mean? So I, I said yeah, I'll go to it. But it sucked because my car was in the shop and I couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> I had to find rides to get there. <laughs> But okay, you did say something about um, WWE and Ring of Honor. What did you do for them? Um, so I've only had 
Uh, I did one match for Ring of Honor. This was this was way back. I think this was I want to say in like 2009, maybe 2010. Um, I I couldn't even I honestly couldn't tell you what what year it was, but it was a while ago. Okay. Um, and then the times that I've been booked with WWE, I've done a bunch of extra work, whether I was either security or you know uh, an EMT. Um, at one point, they had me do a bit with Maurice, and I was her jujitsu trainer. <laughs> uh, that was a long time ago. Um, I got beat up by Ronda Rousey when I was security. Um, I did a tag match on Superstars at one point. That was the only match that I've that I've actually been able to do. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think that's pretty much it. So I I, I like bringing up how was catering. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, catering is the greatest thing on earth. Oh gosh. <laughs> like what's what's funny is uh, I like to uh, I like to tell the story to people when I talk about catering. Um, so I got called up to WWE and um, then uh, I want to say not even a year later Adam Cole got called up the first time and um, him and I were you know really close at the time so he called me and was like hey you know I I got called up um, you know what like what 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 should I expect you know to like give me the rundown blah 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 so I give him the whole rundown on like how the day goes like that and then I told him about catering and you know how it's like like Disneyland in there and I'm like go enjoy it blah 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 and then um, when he finished his two or three day run, whatever it was, I was like, you know, when you get a chance, I'm like, call me, you know, tell me how uh, how it was and everything. And um, he's giving me the rundown, tell me like how his experience was. And then finally I was like, and how was catering? And he was like, dude, you built up catering as if it was like the greatest thing on this earth. Like nothing was going to be in comparison to how amazing catering is. And that still didn't do it justice. It was phenomenal. And I was like, I told you. I told you. And now he gets, you know, now he's going to be able to enjoy a lot more catering than I, than I ever will. But, uh, you know, kudos to him. Oh, gosh. My uh, my my friend Brian Sergio told us the first time he did um, something for um, WWE. He uh, got chokeslammed by the big show um, when... Um, JBL won his um he had his party I think it was SmackDown or Raw I can't remember and um mm-hmm. and then he played security for um um prime time and like the one time he's talking about um that he was in catering and he him and um Tobin got up and like they needed their forks and they went over and got the forks and and like and they looked over Triple H sat at their table. Have you had anything like that, like sitting in catering and like, like a one of the um, name guys sat just, down with you? Just somebody walks by and you're like, wow, I didn't expect to see him. Um, uh, I wouldn't say like a, I I I didn't expect to see somebody like, you know, I I kind of have like a an open mind to when I do go where I'm like, because you never know if someone's going to be making a surprise uh, appearance or anything like that. So yeah. It's almost like I'm, I'm. I don't want to use the word numb to it, but I'm just like, oh, that's you know, cool to see him. Uh, like I, I get, I get more excited to see how the fans are going to react. I like, I don't get excited to see them, obviously. Like I, I get more excited to see like, oh, I want to see that segment because I, I want to hear the pop. I want to hear how the crowd is going to react. Yeah. Um. But uh, as far as like you know, sitting with people, um, you know, like. Uh, I mean, I've, I've sat with people, like, I don't, I try not to, like, bother them too much because 
you never know how like how their day is going. I don't know how many days they've been on the road or when the last time they got to be home or anything like yeah. that. So, um, you know, I try not to bug them too much. Um, I did have uh, like when Maurice and I did our bit, um, you know, on Raw many many moons ago. We were alone in catering at one point, and um, you know, I went over and I sat with her to like carry a conversation and just like learn more about her and stuff like that and just you know shoot the breeze. Um, yeah. And then now, like, uh, I've seen Steamboat enough to the point where, like, he at least, he probably doesn't know who I am. Like, he, he wouldn't recognize my, my name. But when he sees me, he, like, you can tell, like, he at least remembers my face. But yeah. now, like, the last time I saw him uh, was for the SmackDown 1000th episode because they were doing that and Tribute to the Troops like all in one taping and he was there for doing like PR stuff with the army and stuff like that. So since I saw him and I wasn't expecting him there and he's like my number one source of learning of how to be a great baby face from like, as soon as I saw him in catering, like I ran over to him and was like, can I sit here? And then he's like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. So now we're just, we were catching up. And then on top of it, like I'm just like picking his brain apart because like there's obviously like I, I want to learn absolutely everything I can from him. There's only so many times that I, I get to do that. Um, so the more that I can just, you know, soak in and anything that he's telling me, the better. Because um, actually, even funny story, he was my agent for when I did my tag match on Superstars. And he talked to me for about 45 minutes about how to be a great baby face. Yeah. And I wish I could I wish I could tell you one line from that 45 minutes. One, because it was so long ago. And two, because, like, the majority of the time, like, as he's talking, I was just, like, so dumbfounded at, like, the mere fact I'm, like, you know, people pay to hear this man talk and to learn from him. And I'm, like, I'm getting paid right now to listen to him. And I was so caught up in that and so caught up in making sure that, like, I was trying to remember what I was doing on the match because I didn't want to mess up on TV that, like, it was tough to remember a lot of the stuff that he was saying. I do remember, like, he was talking a lot about, like, having so much energy as a baby face um, but the rest of it I, I really wish I would have wrote down or recorded or something because it was so long ago I don't I don't remember a lot of it I, I, I did meet uh, Ricky Steamboat at uh, House of Hardcore and I did mark out big time I just I didn't talk he was talking to somebody I just stand there and I'm like waiting waiting and I didn't want to bother him so he turned he's like oh hello sir I'm like you can finish talking <laughs> I'll wait, yeah. you know what I mean? I just want an autograph, you know what I mean? And it was kind of cool meeting him, man. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Oh, Great yeah. guy. Um, I know, like, I bring this question up a lot, and um, have you ever sold yourself or vomit in a match? No. No. No, no I haven't. Um, call it uh no i've never thrown up i've never soiled myself no nothing <laughs> um i have what was really weird was two things that i i that i say are the my weird some of the, my weirdest experiences in a match um i sneezed one and i thought it was the weirdest thing ever like i was laying on the mat and like i was I think I, like, just took a move. I must have hit, like, a really dusty spot of the, of the mat or something okay. like that. But, like, all of a sudden I had this huge sensation to sneeze. And I was like, am I really about to sneeze? Like, 
as I'm supposed to be like selling that I just took this big move and I sneeze and then a, and then even a fan like I tried like rolling onto my stomach and like completely covering my face so that no one would really notice and then I heard a fan on the front row was like I think you just sneezed and I'm like yeah I did it was it was weird it was. Um, so I've done that and uh, another point um, my hair was like in my face and um, I like took a real deep breath in through my nose and I actually snorted my hair into my like into my nose oh. like to the point where I had to like physically pull my hair out of my nose because of how hard I snorted it in like I thought that was a very weird thing um, but no 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 throwing up though ha- hair um, snorting and anything. have you been in a match with somebody that did I've never been in a match where someone threw up or soiled themselves, um, but I did. I mean, I've definitely been in a match where someone was, like, about to vomit. Um, this guy, I was working with him. At one point, I told him to, like, I told him to, to do something in the, in the ring. I think I, I think I told him to, like, uh, to, like, throw me to the corner or something. And all of a sudden, he just leaves the ring, and he grabs buddy's water bottle from the front row and he just starts drinking it and starts walking around the ring and I was like how did me telling him to throw me to the corner translate to leave the <laughs> ring go take a walk and and steal someone's water bottle I was so confused and then when we got to the back I was like what the fuck was that and he was like I was so exhausted I needed water right then and there and I'm like so you just you just leave the match <laughs> That, All right. That actually, uh, th- that reminds me of something. Like, I, I always kind of uh, get on Dave about asking a shit, shit my pants question. But so I'm talking to to Haskins on Facebook, and I say, yeah, my my friend Dave, who we're we're always doing the interviews, and he's always asking that question. And so he says, I never shit my pants in the ring. I did, however, one time during a tag team match, go to the back while I was on the outside of the ring to take a shit and then come back just in time to get the tag. So uh, if, wow. if, if you haven't heard about that one, well, there's, there's that story. So <clears throat> I, I, I did the reason why I brought this question up because Brian Pillman Jr. Um, got chopped by Dan Math really hard and he soiled himself. And, um, uh-huh. I, I became friends with, um, um, oh gosh, um, Drew Blood and Drew Blood was sitting in the back and he said, Brian came back there, and he's like, yes, I shitted myself. And like, and he thought it was the greatest thing he ever heard in his life, you know what I mean? He was so happy it happened to him. And I never heard that story to, like, I never heard people, like, get happier over something like that. But a lot of people that talk to us, they're like, yeah, I hope it doesn't happen. But a lot of people say they vomit in a match, and like Craig Spitz did. Yeah, well, yeah, they get... I know I, I know a lot of people that have that have done it, but just not uh, not when not when they've been in the ring with me. Okay. Whether they're happy about it or not is a different story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, do you have any upcoming dates or anything like that? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, if we want to go by my calendar, the upcoming dates that we have. Um, so this weekend I'm going to be uh, in, with Pure Pro Wrestling uh, down in Virginia. I'm going to be facing my longtime friend and rival, uh, Mr. Jimmy Love. Um, but next Friday, 
uh, September 20th uh, is going to be uh, Work Rate Entertainment's next event. Um, uh, this is following up from our debut event from August 2nd. Um, so that's going to be, again, Friday, September, 20, uh, September 20th, and that's going to be in Scott Run, Pennsylvania. Um, if you want more info on uh, my school or Work Rate Entertainment in general, um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Work Rate Entertainment. Um, and on Facebook, we're at wrestling, uh, Work Rate Wrestling Academy. Um, so you can find all the info for the, our events and uh, for our wrestling school if you want to come up. Um, then the uh, next Saturday, the 21st, is the ECWA Rebirth, uh, where I'm going to be in the main event uh, against uh, Joey Ace and Ty Awesome in a triple threat match for the ECWA Heavyweight Championship. Um, and then what else we got coming up? Uh, Saturday, uh, September 28th, uh, I return to Liberty Wrestling, Work Rate Entertainment's uh, ring will be there, and uh, students will be putting in some work. Uh, September 29th, there's a tryout camp um, for uh, professional wrestlers looking to, to get more work. Um, if I pull up the, uh, my info here, um, it's uh, AFCW Presents Camp Fusion. Um, that's going to be, again, Sunday, September 29th. Again, this is more for professionals. Um, yeah. If you have more information on that, um, you can visit the uh, ASTW uh, Facebook page. Um, and that pretty much is it for September. Um, and then the last thing I'll plug is our is my return to MCW. MCW takes off um, for a couple months, um, you know, with the, uh, the summer season and getting into the school season. But uh, October 5th is our next. Uh, event that's our tribute to the legends uh, event. Um, Kane is going to be on the show, and uh, as well as Joey Ryan, and who else is going to be on there? It's Kane, Joey Ryan, Renee Michelle, and I, I'm pretty sure there's another one. But either way, MCW, you can check out their their Facebook page for more info. But that's going to be in Joppa, Maryland. Again, that is uh, on. October 2nd, which is, a, or I'm sorry, October 5th. Jeez, I, see, I say the date and then I, I completely forget. So again, MCW October 5th. Um, so a bunch of stuff coming up, lots of work rate, lots of, uh, lots of wrestling. <laughs> Thank you. If, if there's any fans or anybody that wants to follow you, do you have any like um, social media yourself or fan pages that people can follow? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Facebook uh, uh, at Kiko Amana. Uh, K-E-K-O-A uh, and then the last name M-A-N-A um, you can find that on Facebook um, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Instagram and Twitter at Kikoa Pro um, those are my uh, personal pages that you could always follow um, but if you're looking up Work Rate Entertainment you'll be able to find me through there as well um, but uh, you can follow my stuff and uh, find a little bit of motivation because I, I, love, I love posting some, some positivity to the day Awesome. Uh, but I, I always like to share that stuff. Yeah, I, I think we'll be making the LAW show because Frank Voigt is up there and and. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, Dave. Dave's always been the one to frequent the indie shows. I, I couldn't because of my schedule, but it's a little bit easier now. But speaking of Dave, there there's there's always um something that Dave likes to mention to all of our guests whenever they come on. So I'm I'm all about family and all that and. When you come on the Integori, you become family. So welcome to the family. If you ever need to talk, or yeah, you know I mean, yeah, everybody has rough times in life, and if you want to talk, I'm always there, and let's talk. You know what I mean? 
Go yeah, life, whatever. and I appreciate the offer. I, I, I wish, uh, you know, more people would, uh, you know, understand that uh, there's always somebody out there that's willing to listen because, you know, these, these people that are they're taking their lives too early or, you know, they're, they're in a huge depression or, you know, all these, you know, self-battles and issues that they're having, they, they think that they're all alone, but that's like, I, I, I can assure you as far from the truth as possible, there's always somebody out there that, that's willing to lend an ear or lend a hand. Always, always, and that's who I am, and I'm always there if you ever need a call, and that's who I am, you know what I mean? So, welcome to the I family. Um, Thank you, sir. Also, for anybody else that comes on, because we, we like to promote getting you know getting everybody's name out there as much as possible is uh if there's ever anything that you want to share on our page just feel free to yeah we'll accept everything and let you post whatever you want on there if there's any like upcoming dates or if you have students that are getting in there and they need to promote themselves tell them to go on the instagram page and we'll accept everything there too you know i mean if they got matches they want to like see if anybody will see it and make comments to it we'll make comments and and have fun with it. Awesome. You know I mean? awesome. Um. Oh yeah. The, um. The story that um I wanted to bring up the whole um the reason why we do a rib with um Dave Keener is because um he was our first interview because um we wanted to try it out with interviews and see how everything um reacts. So I asked him um Do you have any road stories? And he goes Yeah, I got a road story. Um. It was like me and blah blah, blah and Gangrel and Gangrel fell asleep in the back of the car. And I'm like, and? That was a story. So, if you um, ever see Dave Keener, just go up to him and go, Yo, I heard a um, story about um, Gangrel falling asleep in the back of the car. Can you tell me about it? And He's going to be like, son of a bitch, Dave, <laughs> talk to you. So, that's the rib that I'm trying to like push on to Dave Keener. And we were expecting something so, like, so huge and he told us that and he was like isn't that amazing it's like yeah somebody was sleepy so <laughs> yeah I, I actually um i just i just texted them and i said so the gang girl falling asleep story was brought to my attention and I, <laughs> just waiting for his response but, you know he's usually not a quick texter usually takes you know a little bit um but he, he usually gets back to me so I'll have, to, I'll have to update you at another time to see what his response is. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for that. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, this, um, yeah, this, is, this has been fun. Um, I enjoyed this. Um, anytime you want to come on to our show, you are always welcome. Um, we could talk about what's going on in wrestling. Um, you can come on and just talk about what's coming up on your schedule or um, or anything in general. Or, like, got an upcoming student that um, keep your eye out for. We're there to listen, you know what I mean? We're trying to... Awesome. We're all trying to, like, make it... You know what I mean? And this man right yeah, here, absolutely. he loves his wrestling. And I do love my wrestling. Yeah. And I, I appreciate I appreciate the offer, guys. Yeah. Um, so, before we wrap things up, what were the upcoming dates that you had before we oh, conclude um, the show? So... We're we're off next week, um, but we have a regular um, podcast. Um, but um, September twenty two we got Sean Carr. September 29th, we got AJ Pan. Um, October sixth, Chris Banks. October thirteenth, Tierra James. October thirtieth, Helter Skelter. Um, November tenth, Mark Adam Haggerty. 
Um, we have um, November 23rd, Icons of Wrestling. We're bringing in um, Chubby Dudley, um, Dave Dahl. Um, um, Ethan X is going to promote his thing at our table. And Frankie Picard. And December 22nd, we got Dave Reed. And December 29th, Frankie Picard. And also, this coming Wednesday, we have another episode that we're going to be recording. And I believe that's it. That's that's everything. Thank you for coming on. Um, yeah. So this is Fran. And this is D.B. Richards. Along with our guest tonight. Kakoa. Right? Did I say that right? Yes, Kikoa. you got it right. Okay. <laughs> thank uh, you, ma'am. Thank you very much. Fun. Um, thank you, guys. If you have any pictures, like promotion pictures, can you please just send them over and we'll use it for um, the post, post up? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Have a good night. Good night.